0: Podcast hosted by Peyton Even. Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Music Biz, a Rays Rowdy Podcast. This is episode nine. I'm your host, Peyton Heben. We are live from the Grizzly Rose here in Denver, Colorado. And on this episode, we are joined by an individual that is best known for his video content and digital marketing. He's the owner of the digital marketing agency. He also manages a few artists in Nashville. So please welcome Mitch Wallace. What up? Thanks for hopping on here. I know it's not the most convenient for you, I guess. Of course, dude. Thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, so we're here at the... uh, at the Grizzly Rose, my first time in Colorado. You've been yeah. here before?
1: Yeah, I've been here maybe five or six times. We're in the back room where they rope a uh, little fake bulls all yeah. night.
0: This is pretty interesting to me. I didn't really get a chance to <laughs> look around, but but yeah, we're here with uh with Trey Lewis. Yeah. Another Alabama boy. Yeah. So before we really get into uh, like the nitty gritty of your story, I want to talk about the Alabama scene. Cool. Because are you born and raised in Alabama?
1: Yeah, Montgomery. Nice. And I went to high school in Wetumpka right outside of Montgomery.
0: Okay. Because I'm from Florida. The country music scene isn't that great yeah. in, in Florida. But I went to college my freshman year at Georgia Southern in Statesboro. Oh, wow. And I know you've probably been. That's to God's country. It dude. is God's country. Yeah. But my. Uh, let me see. This is episode nine. Nine. I just recorded episode 11 yesterday. Cool. And it's with Anthony Stone. Um, okay. He's from Georgia. But we had a full. Probably thirty minutes of the podcast is talking about like the Georgia's music scene.
1: Dude, I could talk about Blue Room for thirty minutes. Yeah, I
0: know me too. <laughs> I love that place. But
1: we have a joke in our house that we're all Georgia Southern boys at heart.
0: Everybody's a Georgia Southern yeah. boy at heart, yeah. <laughs> but everyone used to shit on us. They'd be like, Oh, you weren't smart enough. They didn't know where I was from. They'd be like, Oh, you just weren't smart enough to get into tech or UGA. Yeah. It's like, no, I just like the party, man. No, dude. Everyone if, here just likes the party.
1: If you've yeah. ever been to Georgia Southern, you understand. Yeah. One night at Blue Room's enough.
0: Yes. I remember my dad, he's, like, 52. I took him. He came for Parents Weekend. I put on the greatest performance ever, too. Yeah. <laughs> because he came up. He had never visited. He came up one time, and I had terrible grades. I was, like, flunking out real bad. Yeah. And he thought I was living the life. He's, like, oh, he's doing so good. He's got the best grades. He's got great oh, friends. He no. was in a fraternity. And Hell I yeah. took him to Blue Room, though, in Southern Social. Dude, Blue this Room is so much fun.
1: We, Which, uh... Me and Clay, my roommate Clay Barker, went to Auburn, and uh, we're both like huge Auburn fans. So it was like, you know, the dream school. But we often tell each other, like, if I could go back, I'd probably go to Georgia Southern. Yeah. I'd probably do that. So I did, I ended sick. up
0: failing out after my freshman year. I could see that happening. Yeah. Like, but I love the fact that I went there because I get to have these conversations with people. Yeah. Because there's so many connections to Statesboro. What are they? The Eagles or something? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's sick, dude. I love that place.
0: <laughs> but uh, I haven't been back in a long time.
1: I go back every chance I can. Yeah, I need uh, to get a chance. I, I make good go friends with the owner of Blue Room, uh, Al and William. Yeah. So there are boys. I saw Al recently at a Hardy concert. So
0: I don't think I've actually ever met them. I'm mutuals with them on like Facebook, and Instagram. Dude, they're the of best.
1: The most genuine people in the world. Yeah. That I mean, I sick. love what
0: they're doing because I remember this was 20, either late 2018 or early 2019. I went and saw Muscadine Bloodline there. Yeah. Um, I saw Travis Denning there yeah we had adam craig come as support dude that'd be sick it was pretty sweet but that that got me into country music so on the episode 11 that they'll hear later but we talked a lot about the georgia scene yeah and we compared it to texas because people it's being so close to nashville everyone's yeah. kind of first move is go to or yeah everyone's first move is from georgia to nashville and right? Texas, it's their own thing, but Georgia yeah. could be its own thing, and it's similar with Alabama. The music scene's so good.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I have a mixed feelings about it. I think the Georgia scene is way more in tune with each other. They support each other a lot more. They, you know, they'll always like hype each other up. They're a lot more like close knit. Where I don't see that in the Alabama scene as much, which is something that's kind of annoyed me over the years. Um, and I've tried to build the camaraderie of that. Um, but like in the Georgia scene, you know, you'll see these boys, you know, Luke Bryan brought Cole Swindell on as merch or whatever the story is and, you know, and built him up to what he is. And then Cole turns around and takes these Georgia boys on tour. And, you know, you just see a lot of Georgia love like trickling all the way down. Um, you know, for instance, I just saw today Dylan Marlowe announced his tour and it's taking like Tyler Chambers on the road with yeah. him one of his boys. And that kind of love is awesome. And I don't see that in the Alabama scene as much. Um, so that kind of sucks, um, and it's something I've tried to work on, um, something Trey's good at, uh, but, you know, I think Georgia has that lockdown.
0: And talking about Dylan Marlowe, he was one of the first people, when I was in Statesboro, I would see him playing cover gigs. Yeah. And he, every time I talk about how I came up in the music business, me and Dylan, we know, like, I've, we've talked to each other, but we're not, like, friends. Yeah. We're not really even acquaintances. Yeah, like, I talk about him every chance I get because he's a huge part of just seeing, like, I love this guy's voice. He's so talented, and I want to watch his success just because I saw from the start. Dude, he's so good. Me me seeing his career grow made me fall in love with the process. Yeah.
1: I don't know Dylan that well either. We've only hunted together once uh, on a random whim. But, you know, every time I see him, he's such a nice person, genuine guy, and his music is just incredible. He doesn't miss. Uh, The kid's fucking great. Yeah. And his
0: tour manager – uh, what's his tour manager's name? I forget his uh, name. Uh, Screech. Screech. Yeah. Wrote, Uh, I'm blanking on the names. Of the he songs. wrote Um.
1: The high, uh, High, th-
0: The Dirt, it's like, isn't it, oh, I'm
1: blanking on the name. The one record he just high. did with Dylan Scott, Record High is what he wrote. Yeah, Yeah. Record High. Record High is Which a great is song.
0: Like just some tour, a tour manager that really doesn't have much, I mean, I don't know what his musical background is. I'm not a, sure either. I write a song that went to sirius xm the highway
1: that's gotta be sick dude especially to do with your boy yeah that'd be awesome and screech is also a great guy shout out to him
0: yeah so just the ability to like bring people in like that to give someone writer credits on a huge song
1: yeah dude just to give them the opportunity to write a song is is cool
0: yeah definitely Um, it's not
1: something you see a lot
0: so tell me about uh coming up in alabama you said you went to auburn but what was it like growing up were you were you like raised around country music or
1: no uh so i have a really weird history with music uh i didn't grow up in a house that had music um i was adopted by my grandparents at a young age so i grew up in their house uh so every time we got in the car we listened to like npr uh or like cassette books so like there was really no music my grandparents didn't like loud places so like we would never go eat at restaurants if they were loud if it was like a sports bar or something no um so it was really just a lot of NPR and, and stuff. I never had a musical influence until I was by myself. And, you know, the, when I was by myself, it was kind of like, you know, Eminem. And I grew up in Montgomery, like in the like hood of Montgomery. So a lot of my musical influence was like rap and hip hop. Um, so I never knew country music. I knew the, like the hits, Kenny Chesney, Tim McGraw. But that was really like it, like, and still to this day, people joke on me, you know, they'll, they'll play like a Hank William Jr. song. And I'm like, yeah, I have no idea what that song is. Or I couldn't tell you who sang that if you had a gun to my head. And, um, which gives me an interesting perspective on all of this country music that I'm in now. Um, I didn't get into country music until my junior year at Auburn. I met Clay Barker and I always had people over to my house. I was a host so I would do like card night at my house and Clay started working at the apartments I lived at. And I was like, Hey dude, you know, I'm hosting card night tonight if you want to come by. So he ended up coming by. I have no idea who this kid is. And I had a guitar in my living room because it's college and you know, a guitar gets you laid. So uh, <laughs> I don't know how to play it at all. <laughs> but, um, so Clay came over and we're all drinking and he grabbed the guitar and I was like, here we go here's another kid that's going to play Corey Smith and try to steal all the girls happens every, you know, everywhere. And, uh, he was like, dude, I'm going to play you this song about my ex that cheated on me. And he did. And it was a fuck you bitch song. And I was mesmerized, dude. I was like, you wrote that about like a real story. And that was kind of my intro to songwriting and country music. And I was like, dude, let me put that on the internet. And we just kind of did that. And that was my intro to country music really. And then I just started listening to it. So, so I don't have a background in it.
0: I mean, I don't either. But did you start managing him from there? Because I know you kind of yeah. tap into the artist management thing. With so Clay. I started
1: helping him with social media and because I had, you know, the graphic design marketing background. And one day – so our first show was opening for Mitchell Tenpenny at Zydeco. And so that was cool. Then one day I had, I set up a music video at uh, that place in Atlanta, Georgia that's real famous.
0: The Varsity? No, it's like a oh, like a small venue?
1: place. Yeah, it's real small oh. and like intimate.
0: Oh, Eddie's Attic.
1: Eddie's Attic. Yeah. And I set up a music video there. And when it came time, like the end, the, the, the sound guy was like, yo, you're the manager? And I was like, no. And he was like, well, you seem like the manager. And I was like, no, nah, we're just friends. I'm helping him. And by the end of the night, he was like, dude, you're the manager. And we got in the car and, you know, we had that long ride home. And Clay was like, yo, I think you're the manager. And I was like, dude, I'll tell you right now, I'll be the manager. But, you know, I'm going to get out of the way whenever I think I need to get out of the way. Because I have no fucking idea what a manager is. Yeah. Um, so we made that agreement. And that's kind of how I got into management. I, I just wanted to help, man. I had no idea what to do. I had no mentors. Uh, my game plan was to do what I thought was best for him and do it the best I could. Um, and so that's that's kind of what I
0: did. So your main aspects within the business is the digital marketing and the video content. Yeah. Was that something that you were always interested I know you have that graphic design. Uh, you, you said you went to the community college prior to yeah. Auburn.
1: Yeah, so I went to a community college in Montgomery and got a graphic design degree. Um, and then I knew I wanted to go to Auburn. It was always the dream. Uh, so I turned around and went back to Auburn. I went to Auburn initially and failed out. Um, moved home and went to community college. But um, I went back and got the marketing degree. My plan was to work for Apple and I wanted to market iPads. Like that's that was my goal. That's interesting. And I wasn't gonna stop until I was like marketing iPads for Apple. What made you wanna
0: market iPads though? I have
1: no fucking idea. I was just like,
0: dude, I think I'd be good at that. Not even iPhones?
1: No, just iPads. I was like, I wanna work on the iPad team.
0: You're an are you an iPad kid?
1: No. No, I just, I was like, dude, that's what I want to do. <laughs> I don't know why. It's weird. I don't have an answer, but uh yeah, that's what I want to do. So I never wanted to do photography. I never want to do videography. I had no interest in it. I didn't have, I did have a camera, but it was shitty. Um And I never used it. It was like in the closet. Um But I got into that, I guess, when COVID hit, I started using my phone and did everything with Trey. And, you know, whenever covid hit and everybody started getting lazy and pouting about no shows is kind of when like my entrepreneur mind clicked and i was like hey dude we need to not be lazy and bitch we need to figure out what we can do to excel all of you um and at the time it was me clay trey and ella living in a house together and i was like you all need to go hard on social media y'all need to go live every night like And they did, dude. And people were tipping a lot of money at that time. It was wild. Because there's nothing uh, else to do. Like, I had the
0: idea. I mean, I'm going to throw my idea out there because I don't know if anyone's done it yet. But I was like, if there is, they had the writer's rounds. Okay, so this was prior to me knowing anything about Nashville. Yeah. But I was like, during COVID, if people had done writer's rounds on, like, TikTok Live, where you could just, like, scroll and join, and there's, like six people in there that just one by one sing a song yeah whether it's a cover or whatever like people would eat that shit up all day long dude there's a
1: guy that does that on tiktok now his name's is nathan uh, i'll have to look up his last name but he crushes it with that but that's kind of what we did with the three you know clay ella and trey we set them up in the living room all next to each other and
0: put the lives up
1: yeah and just let them play and people would come in there and tip
0: yeah, that it was nice, sweet. Just to hear those stories, because now I mean, we're here. Trey's headlining. Uh, yeah. Grizzly Rose and yeah. Ella's like a hot country artist and yeah, she's crushing it, dude. Like Spotify just named her what top twenty hot country or something like that. I don't know. I know or she just released
1: cool. a song with Cameron Marlow today though. So yeah, shout out to that. Go stream that. that.
0: But uh, but yeah and clay i mean i think he, didn't he just announce some shows or something i thought
1: yeah clay's always playing shows yeah. man he's always traveling with a, with a full band doing his own sound and everything he's that, a badass that is one thing I've. he noticed. just got his first major label cut today with um chase mcdaniels oh no way yeah he got he Chase it's McDaniel's Sony? just uh no he's at big machine big machine he just released an ep today and clay and justin wrote the title track so they just got their first major cut i did today. not know that congrats yeah both sick. your artists on yeah that. it was sick dude that's nice it was good good news today
0: um but I do you you mentioned COVID, you said they need to be going live and whatnot. So I know COVID was a big year for you. Yeah. When it was a bad year for everybody else. It's huge. And same with Trey. All the artists that were hitting it were yeah. dying out because they can't go play shows and, and they're not very good at the social media side of things. So they kinda just plateaued until they could get back on the road. Right. Trey and you advantage of that yeah here we are at the grizzly rose headlining because of your idea for dick down in dallas to put out right
1: yeah so um you know dick down in dallas was written by drew Trossclair, matt mckinney and uh brent gatford it was not written by trey um it was written as a joke um to, to the best of my knowledge at least I, you know they were just kind of messing around and they wrote this funny yeah. song. And we would play it at bonfires at my house because our house that we lived in was like, we had a nice backyard. We'd always have people over. And so it always got played around and people would laugh and joke. And then one day we were going to Chili's and it was me, Matt, and Trey and we played this song in my truck. And I, I remember like I, I turned the volume down and I was like, look guys, this song is catchy. Like I would pay a dollar for this song on iTunes. Like I think you should put it out. And I was like, if you you know, if you don't give a shit Trey always said I don't give a shit about shit. And I was like, hey, if you really mean that, let me make you a TikTok and let's put that song on there. And he was like, okay, fuck it. So I made his TikTok and we posted it there and it did nothing. Um well then he played a round at Live Oak and uh, Nikki T was at the round. And Nikki T recorded it and posted it on like the Rays Rowdy page and it went super viral on Facebook. Well then Bonner made a video of them in the studio recording it and posted it on tiktok and it went super viral um and so everything just kind of happened it exploded um so it was really a a huge team effort i mean we got the writers you know Nikki t bonner everybody was kind of in on it and our whole crew was was behind it and supporting it so it definitely wasn't just me um but you know i I think i put the egg in his in his mind to to do this um, so I don't want to take all the credit for that. It was definitely a team effort. But
0: well, from all the stor- stories that I've heard, you w- you played a big part in it. Yeah, it was – yeah, probably so. Yeah. But See, it was definitely, it definitely like, a yeah, team yeah, effort. It was, me. it was me. It was all me.
1: Yeah. Um, so it turned – it was fun, man. Um, while everybody else was struggling and, and hating life with COVID, we were on top of the world. It was super fun. Everything was going viral. And that's kind of when I started getting into recording and content and stuff because I had my phone. Um, and then I, I transitioned to a camera, which I guess came later. But uh, whenever I, whenever COVID was over, I got a gig with uh, Tim McGraw. Mm-hmm. So I was I got called to do content and run his socials for his 2022 tour. Um, and after doing those shows, I realized I needed a Zoom, and I needed something like because you know we were doing a amphitheater run, and I couldn't really get close enough with a phone to get the shit I wanted. So I was like, yo, I need to buy a camera. I just need to bite the bullet um, so I could have better lenses and a zoom and everything. So that's kind of when I transitioned into a camera.
0: How did you get that Tim McGraw gig?
1: Um, this is probably the most important part of this whole podcast for me. Uh, I got it off of connections. Mm-hmm. Um, Bailey Dombrowski uh, is one of my longtime oh, she's with really good friends. She's Laney's day-to-day manager yeah. now. Um, well, I think
0: she's going to be coming on the pod. I just talked to her in the DMs like a few yeah, days ago. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so Bailey is an incredible person. She's so smart and talented, uh, super hard worker. Um, Clubhouse was a thing during COVID. The app where you could like voice chat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I met Bailey on there. Um, we became really good friends, um, as well as Josh Bill, who is her fiance. Um, I love both of them to death. Uh, but they met on Clubhouse. Shout out to that. <laughs> but um,
0: I missed the. I missed that. I. It was such a good tool.
1: It was such a good tool. But the point is, is you know. Back when I met Bailey, there was nothing she could do for me and nothing I could do for her. Um, but it just goes to show, like, being a good person, making those genuine connections with people. And, like, you know, we helped each other out along the way. Um, and, and she ended up in a position with Get Engaged. She was working there before Laney. And they needed a content person. And Tim McGraw's people were like, yo, who's the best content person in town? And she was like, Mitch Wallace is. Well, so shout out to her for that. Um, but then they're like, Cool, we want him and they brought me in for an interview and I got the whole tour. Um, so that was super sick. Damn. Um, I don't want that to be confused with I was just doing content, so I wasn't a photographer or a videographer. Uh Tyler Conrad is his guy. Um and Tyler's a total badass. Follow him on Instagram, but not to be confused with his photographer, videographer like yeah. I do now for Trey. Um I was just running around with a phone, like shooting phone content and sending it to Tyler. And collabing on edits, and he was doing all the edits really, but collabing on ideas and things, uh, but it was a super sick opportunity, and that's what got me into into there was just connections man and you know when I moved to town, I had like you know two main rules um, and, and number one was to have everybody talk good about me in rooms that I'm not in absolutely um, and so that's something I've just really kind of like honed in on. Uh, so I think that's the most important thing I could say on this podcast.
0: Well if it makes you feel good, I haven't heard a single bad thing about you.
1: There's I, there's plenty out there. You just haven't talked about it enough.
0: I I don't know. But I mean we've come face to face a lot. We just never really talked before, yeah you and I. I think we were in Birmingham together with Trey, I think. Really? I, were you in Birmingham in almost Iron a year City? ago? Yeah, almost a year ago to the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was there. Damn. Yeah. I don't think you ever went out. Were you though. with Ike and them? Yeah.
1: Yeah, y'all ate at the restaurant next door. Yes.
0: Before. Before.
1: And then that's when like McIlwain proposed to uh Katie.
0: Yeah, well he proposed to a lot of people that night. Oh yeah, probably yeah, so. But that was the biggest one. He proposed to Katie. We all went to uh the karaoke bar. Yeah. And Trey sung Town at to Dallas. He was like, Fuck it, I'm gonna sing my own song. <laughs> God bless dude. Yeah, no, I think I went to sleep that night. Yeah, I mean everyone stayed out till about like four AM and I was I was done by like twelve. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't think we ever – I mean, we've been around each other a lot. For sure. I don't for think sure. we've ever actually met. Have we?
1: I don't think so. I've I've seen your name everywhere, but I don't think we've met. Well, good to meet you. Good to meet you as well, <laughs> dude. Stoked for it.
0: But, uh, so, the Tim McGraw thing happens 2022. Yep. What was the next step? You had – now you bought the camera. You're you're really getting into um,
1: it. So, you know, I was still doing content for Trey. So, you know, we would do content days, and I would post all of his TikToks. Um, And then I started picking up other clients, like side clients, um, to where that's what I would do is I would shoot content for them and then help them upload to socials and making – doing that by making sure they follow everything the algorithm wants. Um, And that's a rabbit hole that we probably shouldn't cut down. I'll talk for hours about algorithm. Honestly,
0: you could talk all you want about it because I do want to educate. The the point of this podcast is to educate. Yeah. So, like, whatever you want to say, go ahead and say it.
1: Um. You know, algorithm is a big buzzword in Nashville, in music, in entertainment in general. Um, And the way I like to describe algorithm is let's talk about Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And I want everybody to envision those three platforms as a robot. Just like a robot from the Will Smith movies. You know, whatever robot you want to look at, I don't give a shit. Three robots standing in a room with you. And each of them, one of them is Instagram, TikTok, uh, Facebook. Those robots want you when you open your phone to go to their app. That's all they give a shit about, because they sell ads based on how many viewership they, how much viewership they get on their app. So that's how those companies make money. That's how that robot makes money. That robot doesn't have emotion. It doesn't have eyes. It, it doesn't have ears. Like it doesn't give a fuck what's going on on the app. So you have to please that robot. And the way you do that is this, this buzzword algorithm. That's how their mind works in a sense. So the robot sees things like if Peyton opens his phone and sees a video about, let's just say you're into motorcycles. I don't know. motorcycle video on Instagram. You're like, dude, I love motorcycles. Fuck. Yeah. You like it. You might even share it to your story. That's sick. Well, that algorithm is like, cool. Peyton liked that motorcycle video. I'm looking at the hashtags that were used motorcycle, Willie, whatever it is. And then the next video that comes up on your phone, it's going to curate that to be something else similar. So if Mitch liked motorcycle videos and mitch liked a, a dirt bike video it's then gonna be like okay cool the correlation there peyton might also like this dirt bike video let's send it to him because they want you to like everything you see if the next if you scroll in the next video you see is someone getting their makeup done well you might exit out of instagram and go to tiktok you know what instagram's on some bullshit today uh, let's see what tiktok's got yeah. Or let's see what's on the Facebook marketplace or whatever it is like that is algorithm. So you have to use that and view it from the consumer point of view when you're the artist. Like what can I do that those people will like? you know and you have to hit your target demographic and you know that's the the people that like the same shit as what you're doing. So, john langston for instance i I love john langston somebody i worked with recently he is really big into hunting duck hunting deer hunting he's really incorporated that into his brand so he's using that to find duck hunters who will probably like his music because he's singing about the shit that they do cody johnson's a perfect example he's using rodeo and cowboys like so he's found his demographic and he's singing to them And he's doing things that they would like that's similar to other videos they would like. So you really just have to kind of dive in and pay attention to all those aspects and make sure that you're pleasing the robot. So in instance, like another thing the robot looks at is watch time. And that is a percentage. That's not just a flat rate. So if you have a 60 second video and I watch 30 seconds of it, that's a 50% watch time. Well, if you have a 30-second video and I watch 30 seconds of it, then that's 100%, which is way better. That's why you need to catch the attention, stop the scroll, and keep it short and sweet. Get to the point. Because if it's a two-minute video, I'm probably going to keep going. So make sure that you keep it short and sweet and get that watch time percentage up.
0: What would you say the like the sweet spot is for video content, short-form video Under content? a minute. Under a minute. Yeah.
1: If it's over a minute, eh, yeah, it's got to be something fucking sick like it's got to be really cool and so i'd stay away from anything over a minute um so try to stay under a minute like you know 36 45 seconds is usually where i like to stay if i can getting a verse chorus in under 50 seconds is hard so you know i try to get that verse chorus every time so it makes sense and it's not just some random lyrics um but so pay attention to your watch time Uh, what else was i going to say about that shit? You sidetracked me
0: there. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: Uh
0: I mean we were just talking yeah, we were just talking about the watch time and the short, yeah. The <laughs> there was
1: another keeping thing keeping I was gonna say. Uh I don't know. We can come back to it. <laughs> I get <laughs> on a rant for that, dude. I could talk about this no, shit for hours. No, I
0: appreciate it because I I mean, obviously, like a lot of industry people listen to this, but I've gotten so many messages from artists. Yeah. Like I just got a DM uh yesterday. That was, he's an artist and he listens to the podcast on his way to like on the road for shows to play like just, he's just gigging. Um, But my episode that I keep talking about, episode 11 that will be coming out, that also talks about the algorithm because he does something similar. Um, We also talk about it with DSPs, the same algorithm of trying to get playlisted. Yeah. So algorithm really is a huge and annoying word. It is. In music.
1: Yeah. and you have to be careful with it too you know i know of an artist that did he's a country artist but he did like a gucci cover like a rap cover Mm -hmm. and it went viral and he was like dude that was great you know i got a million views but it messed my demographic up for two months so whenever i did a country song again it kept sending it to these rap fans because it was so confused on who would like it yeah and it made my numbers go down drastically because these rap fans did not like The country song right so you know that's a that's another thing with honing into your demographic is you got to pay attention and you really have to target the right people um or that'll be why your shit's going bad another thing with hashtags like make sure they make sense to your video don't just go in there posting some random hashtags like hoping it'll work like you know if your video is of a dirt bike use hashtags that are you know dirt bike related don't put country music because it'll send it to a country music fan that might not like dirt bikes so you got to be careful with the hashtags
0: what would you say when you were working on the everyone was working together on the dick down in dallas thing you put it out hoping it would go viral was there anything specific that you did or was it just like a shot in the dark like you just put it out there and you're like if it goes viral it goes viral if it doesn't we tried
1: yeah there there was really nothing specific um we just, you know, I was like, this is a catchy song. It's good. You yeah, that air is loud. The air is super loud. I didn't We're know like what right it was. Like, right under it? No, it's that box right there. Oh. um, No, there was nothing specific that I remember that I recall. You know, I was just thinking it's funny. It's catchy. it's It's got a great melody. It's actually got, like, good lyrics. Like, it's a, it's a well-written song. It's just funny um, and raunchy. But, so, no, we just kind of put it out there. And I think we knew
0: it would stick. So... This is a important question f- for the target market that we talked about. Yeah. Obviously, that was Trey's claim to fame for yeah. a while. Now it's not. Yeah. And obviously, I work at Riverhouse. You work there, too. So, like, I know, you know, Trey found a lot of success with Dick Down in Dallas, but yeah. it is not Trey Lewis.
1: No, not at all. So, um.
0: of course, his fan base is like, play Dick Down in Dallas. Yeah. What what's been the biggest thing, thus far, doing content for him and social media, trying to target a different same fan base, but also bring in more that's, not as raunchy fans, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, um, you know it's, it's been interesting because that isn't, it's not not Trey. I mean, Trey is like a funny, uh, quirky, raunchy like kind of guy. Um, so his humor is there in, in that sense, but his artistry is so drastically different. Right. Um, you know, he's a phenomenal songwriter. He has a great story. I mean, he's almost 17 years sober. There's a lot of depth to him. There's a lot that he has to say and he has, you know, a lot of story to be told. Um, sometimes that's frustrating doing content when people don't listen and, and, you know, it's kind of like that friend you take in the car that always wants to listen to, like, the hype rap music. And you're like, dude, listen to this new song that's, like, super fucking deep. And they're like, oh, I'll turn that shit off. Yeah. Um, so it's battling that. There's a lot of that for his consumers where they're just like, oh, that's cool, man. Play Dick Down in Dallas. Um, and that's frustrating to me as a friend uh, to see these songs that I'm like, damn, dude, this is an incredible song with an incredible story. Um, but these people just aren't listening because they want you to sing about dicks and butt fucks again. Yeah. Um, and that sucks. Uh, that's something that we're always trying to get over. And it's something that, you know, pretty much has a 100% success rate if we get somebody to stop and listen and realize he's more than that. Because like, his, his music is phenomenal. It's
0: so good. Yeah. I mean, he's the songs he has in the tank are just unbelievable. Yeah, this
1: album is going to be a game changer, so, I think. he did just
0: announce that. Yeah, yeah, uh, March 1st. March 1st.
1: Uh, title track is Troublemaker, which is my favorite song on the on the album. Uh it just talks about him as a kid going over to his friend's house and his parents always thought that, you know, he was a troublemaker and they didn't want him hanging out with them. Um, you know, just being a misunderstood kid that you know, was just was a good person, had a good heart, but got labeled as a troublemaker just because he was misunderstood and he didn't fit into the cookie cutter mold. Yeah. Which I can relate to completely. So I love that song.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's definitely one of the best dudes in town. I mean, he's been good to me since I first moved here in and- yeah, he's uh he had no reason to be.
1: He is, dude. He's phenomenal and you know, I I don't really I don't know if I've ever told this story publicly, but um you know, I was struggling after COVID hit, uh working and, and just struggling financially. So I would go out and deliver groceries with an app called Shipped. Shout out to Shipped. But uh I would deliver groceries all night just to make like, you know, 150 bucks to have like gas money. Um, and one day it was like three days before Christmas and I was out delivering and Trey called me and he was like, dude, can you post this TikTok? I'm doing like family with my Chris or Christmas with my family. And I was like, yeah, I'm about to deliver these groceries and then I'll get on it. And he was like, what do you mean deliver groceries? Cause I didn't tell anybody I was delivering groceries. I was embarrassed by it, honestly. Um, I was like, yeah, dude, I deliver groceries. Like I'm poor. And he was like, fuck that. And you know, I won't say the amount, but he Vimmo'd me. A substantial amount of money and was like dude uh just go home and enjoy christmas like fuck those groceries go enjoy your christmas and and but post that video too yeah and uh and you know at that moment i was like yeah this dude you know has a heart of gold he does so that was really cool and i think that story kind of like it, it explains who trey is and he never told anybody about that story you know not even like our closest friends, like...
0: It wasn't like a look at me thing. Like no, the yeah. The nice like things I like do. It was like just... Our
1: roommates didn't know. You know, Kate didn't know his manager. Uh, you know, so it w- that was really cool that he didn't, like, try to brag about it or tell people I was delivering
0: groceries either. He just, you know, genuinely meant it. It was cool. So, you've been doing the uh, the TDMA. Yep. Um, And do you... I think you worked with Kane Brown, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh back to bailey she worked at get engaged so i was on retainer with get engaged so i would shoot content for their artist uh kane is one of their artists so whenever they needed content on the road um i was the guy that would just go out and shoot content Uh, again not to be mistaken for his videographer or his photographer yeah um he, he has a guy named alex that does those and alex is absolutely phenomenal um so I don't I don't want there to be any confusion there. I get that a lot where people think I'm his photographer or something. That's not the case. Um, I was just out to do content. So, you know, shooting behind the scenes stuff, stuff I think would be a cool, catchy TikTok. Um, and then, you know, Alex did all his videography, photography stuff. So it was really fun. Uh, Kane is a phenomenal person, dude. He's really introverted. He's really quiet. But it was uh, definitely one of the highlights of, of my career. It was super sick.
0: So... How long ago was it that – I mean, you've known Trey for a long time.
1: Yeah, I think I've known Trey for
0: six years, five years. When was it that he was like, all right, just come out on the road? Or is this this, – I guess not this tour, but the one before? When was your first tour with Trey when you went out on the road with him? Dude,
1: I don't know. I'm so bad at dates. Was it recent? Uh, Because I know he
0: had Trey um, Bonner for a while. Yeah, so Bonner
1: was on the road for a while – um, that's while I was, while I was still working at river house. Um, so like going on the road wasn't an option for me. Um, and I mean, it wasn't even ever really spoke of cause I didn't have a camera yet. Cause I hadn't done the Tim McGraw thing. Yeah. Uh, but after the Tim McGraw thing, I got my camera and I was like, Hey dude, I'd like to, you know, attempt to use this. Can I come out? And then me and Bonner went out for a couple. Um, and then Bonner sta- started staying at home and I just started going out, um, so, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really remember the transition. And, you know, I still beg Bonner to come out to the shows. I begged him to come to this one. Um,
0: I heard – I was listening to uh, – I listened to the DM Monday podcast a lot when oh I go Lord. to the gym. Yeah. And, so, I've heard all the horror stories.
1: Dude, the DM Monday podcast, uh, I black out and I forget what I say on there. I,
0: I do the same thing with so this podcast. It, like
1: Afterwards, I'm just like, hope I didn't say anything crazy. And, like, people come up to me and like, dude, I can't believe you did this. And I'm like, how do you know about that? <laughs> And they're like, you said it on the podcast. I'm like,
0: fuck. That's why I'll text Burrell periodically because he yeah. edits my podcast. He listens all the way through. So I texted him uh, the other day. I was like, hey, I just uploaded a podcast. Can you uh, can you go listen to the whole thing? Make sure I didn't <laughs> yeah. say anything really stupid because I don't remember anything I said.
1: Yeah. I um, Brad Curry, he sells merch for Muscadon. Yeah, I love Brad. Uh, me and Brad are, are really, really close friends. Um he listens to all the DM Monday podcasts, like, the day they come out. Mm-hmm. And I'll always text him and be like, dude. Well, he'll he'll always text me and be like, dude, killer show or killer podcast, whatever he says. And I'm like, did I say anything stupid? And he'll always, like, tell me the truth.
0: <laughs> so that's always clutch. It makes me feel a lot better about it. I don't think you were on it yet. Uh, this was 2022 probably. Yeah. yeah. It was 2022. Um, I don't think you were on it yet. The DM Monday? The DM Monday. Yeah, yeah.
1: I came on when Bar- like, I, me and Burrell swapped.
0: Yeah so i had uh i had been listening to that for a long time at that point yeah because i didn't know shit about shit yeah and i i about the industry and i just kind of was winging it i would rely on podcasts yeah dude they're great tools and it was in the round and dm monday and beryl doing both so that's how i ended up meeting beryl was going up to him at live being like dude I love DM Monday podcast. Yeah. You guys are funny as shit. It's how I learn about the industry. Like I'd love to like link up with you sometimes. And dude. we did.
1: Yeah, Braille's a great dude, man. Um Yeah, a lot of that stuff like back there back then with DM Monday, it's difficult for me to navigate because me and Trey are friends and we're friends first. Um so you know, when stuff like that happens business wise, it's I never want to intrude and like like be a part of it Unless it's like natural Right um, And I think Trey has the same mindset So like at first It just didn't naturally happen um, Until it did And that's when he was like Cool I think I do want you naturally Just to be on this um, So that, That's that been fun The DM Monday podcast is hilarious um, It doesn't get the views that it should So people on here should go listen Yeah um, go listen to the DM Monday podcast It's funny as shit Uncensored I mean- And You know I, I don't know I hope my parents haven't found it
0: Trey by himself if he kind of did the Theo Vaughn thing yeah. where he just sat there staring at a camera just talking, talking dude, be it would great. be so funny but Trey, then adding everyone together yeah. is even better
1: having Bonner hit Bonner's comments are my favorite <laughs> for sure <laughs>
0: they're so like I don't even he just has like no emotion when he says shit to Yeah, him, and it's so funny
1: if you like listen to it just audio like you'll forget that he's there until his, <laughs> he throws a zinger in there it's great dude <laughs> Bonner's a man
0: yeah I love Trey but um. But yeah, what's it uh? What's it been like out on the road? Cause me personally, so like, now that I'm out here in Denver, this is the, there's been three shows this weekend. There's yep. Grand Junction last night, Denver tonight, Laramie, Wyoming tomorrow. I flew here this morning, and I'm yep. out Sunday morning. I'm not going to Laramie. Like I'm not made for the road. It's not. Yeah. Me. I'm too. I'm too much of a pretty boy. Yeah, and as most people would say, like I don't do the. Tra- I can't do the traveling. I can't do the road. <sighs> I can't do the
1: i love it i love traveling if i'm in town i feel worthless um you know if i'm in town for a weekend i'm like what do i do with my hands you know like seriously i'm like i don't know what to do i don't know what like what people do when they're not on tour um i'm always itching to do something to the point where like i've done free things you know i'll go out for free just because i'm like I i don't want to be at home yeah um so i don't know man i love it i love every aspect of it um being in a bus is obviously the preferred method because um, you get the bunks, you get the comfort, um, you get the close quarters, the camaraderie. Uh, but being in the van also has, like, its perks. You know, we're in a van this weekend, um, which sucks but is also cool. You know, it it keeps you humble and, and kind of reminds you of where you come from because I've been traveling in a van now for, like, seven years. Well, I guess I've been traveling in a van for, like, five years. The first two years wearing my f one fifty. Uh, that we put so many miles on that one day Clay's going to get me a new one for, maybe. Clay, if you're listening to this, I haven't forgot <laughs> hmm. about that deal. Um, but being on the road is awesome, dude. You get to see so many things and go places that someone like me could have never been. You know, I I like I said, I grew up with my grandparents, so we weren't um, doing, like, fun family activities like I see some people's families do where – they go skiing or, uh, you know, snowboarding, skiing, hiking or to the beach or to Paris or I don't know. I don't know what these families do, but we didn't do any of that. Um, so I never really traveled as a kid. Uh, so now it's really, really cool to be able to see places like we were just in San Diego last week. That was my first time ever going to the state of California. Yeah. Um, so just getting to travel, man. And, you know, Kane took me to Canada. So, like, getting to go to Canada and seeing the snow, like, like real snow, you know, that's there and permanent is, is super sick. Um, and I'm still confused on what the weather was there. Like, you know, they don't go off Fahrenheit. So, it was, like, negative 17, which I don't even know what is here. Is it Celsius? I was, Where is it going by Celsius? I, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I, I don't, don't know the it. difference.
0: They don't go by, uh, like, miles per hour in speed either. Yeah, like I don't kil- know. kilometers. But, down. I don't, don't ask me. I'm
1: it crazy. was cold as shit. And it was super, like, cool to experience how cold it was. And, like, you know, Kane really takes care of his people. So, they put us in, like, this super nice hotel. And I, I remember I had heated floors in the bathroom. And I was like, dude, this is so sick. It's like mm-hmm. snowing outside. I have heated floors with a king-size suite. It yeah. was awesome, dude.
0: Your feet are all warm. While you're taking Yeah, a dude. It was a wild feeling.
1: <laughs> but, uh, That's kind of my favorite part of traveling, man. And then, you know, we just went to Moab this week and I rented a Razor side by side and uh, went out in the desert, me and Josiah. Um, So I don't know. You know, getting to travel and see the world has been the best part of uh, music. That and the friendships that it's it's brought uh, have been really cool. I was telling Josiah we're in the middle of like the Moab rock desert thing. And, you know, I was telling him, I was like, dude, this is crazy that music has, like, put us here. Where, like, I've, I'm i really, really good friends with this guy I didn't know a year ago. Yeah. Um, or I guess I didn't know him two years ago. But it's really cool, man. It's cool how music brings you together and makes you see the world.
0: Yeah, I mean, I love to travel. Don't get me wrong. Like, I yeah. love to see new things. I love to go places. Like, I'm, I was super excited to come here. Yeah, you this know, place I, is sick. Like, I was telling you before we started – on my way here because I got a rental car. Yeah. And what'd you get? Oh, dude, this is the most bullshit thing ever. So, <laughs> I was super excited because I brought my girlfriend with me to make it like yeah. a little vacation. And uh, she, I was like, "What kind of car do you want to rent?" Because you know, I, I want to take you to like the Rocky Mountain yeah. National Park. Let's go do something all day Saturday. Sick. She's like, "Get a Jeep Wrangler." Yeah. yeah. I was like, "Yes, <laughs> I'm in." <laughs> so I, I get it, and I made sure. I so when we pulled up or. Yeah, we took this, the Denver airport's like insanely massive. massive. It took like a 30-minute bus ride just to get to the rental car place. Yeah. We finally get there, and there's two Jeeps. There's like a nice black one and a nice red one. Yeah. So I get up to the stand. I was like, yeah, I got a Jeep. Like, if I can get that black one out there. She's like, got it. Yeah. We had it reserved for for you because you're the only one that had reserved a Jeep. I'm like, perfect. So she checks my ID, does all that stuff, and she's like, oh, you actually have to be 25. And I'm twenty three. Damn. You have to be twenty five to rent a Jeep. So we can give you a mid size car. No. So I have like a Nissan Rogue or something like that. Oh, dude, that sucks. I'm like in a little middle aged mom car. That sucks, dude. I hate every second of it.
1: I uh yeah, Nissan Rogues are nice though. Yeah, they're nice. I bought my grandma a Nissan Rogue this year. They're they're nice cars. Yeah.
0: I mean it drives so smooth. I'm used to I would drive a RAM back home. Oh yeah, six, six. So like I'm used to like a they're tiny yeah but they're that yeah. sucks dude but i wanted a jeep i wanted to like be out in the mountains just yeah
1: like like doing jeep shit yeah
0: <laughs> i want to do the i wish we were on like at people so people could see <laughs> the wave right now
1: i had a jeep in uh in college at auburn and i did the jeep wave thing it was, <laughs> it was like one of the things where like it's super cool and like super lame at the same time yeah
0: no i think it's awesome
1: yeah Oh uh, damn yeah
0: Part of me wants to, like, Jeep wave every time I see a Jeep, even in my Ram.
1: Yeah. Just see what they do. Yeah. they probably do it bad. They're both Chryslers. Yeah, true. <laughs> it could be the Chrysler wave.
0: But, like, I remember my my old roommate when I lived in Hendersonville. Yeah. He had a Jeep Gladiator. Yes. Yeah, he was wanting to drive everywhere, so I was in the passenger seat. Yeah. And I was, like, a little kid. I was, like, waiting for another Jeep to come by, and I would Jeep wave for the yeah. passenger seat. <laughs> but, uh. Hell yeah. Where was I even going with the story? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I was just talking about how I love the trail. Like I was super excited. Oh to yeah, here. yeah, yeah. Like I rented a car, just gonna see because I've never yeah. been to Colorado. I've been to California, but this is that's the furthest I've ever been out west. Yeah, it it's the only state I've been out west.
1: It's fun to get away. One thing that's weird, I will say about the music industry is like, I had an off weekend uh, a couple months ago, and I was like, what can I do? Like, where can I visit? Where can I fly? And I, like, just pulled up my Google Maps and was, like, zooming out and looking, like, where's somewhere I want to go. And it dawned on me I've kind of been everywhere I want to go. And I was, like, Within the U.S.? Or – Yeah, 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 yeah within the U.S. And I was, like, I don't know where, like, I don't – you know, I was thinking maybe I can go to Dallas. And I was, like, yeah, I've been there. Like, you know, maybe I'll go to Denver. And I was, like, yeah I've been there. And so that that kind of sucked. It took, you know, I was, like, I've kind of been everywhere. And – it feels weird to go somewhere and not work, too, so I don't know.
0: Yeah. I've I've just been – like, I. there's so many places that I want to go. Yeah. I have, like, a whole checklist of things I want to do. Like, den like Denver was one of them. Colorado was one of them. Um, we well, got to a, do a good
1: season, especially with the snow and stuff. Oh, yeah. So, what part of Florida are you from? Fort just Myers. Let's turn this around on you.
0: I'm from Fort Myers. Where's
1: Fort Myers by? I'm not sure.
0: So, it's, it's like, like – you know where Tampa's at? Yeah. It's, like, two hours south of Tampa. Okay.
1: So, near Miami?
0: Miami's on the other side. Okay. So, we are on the... Never eat, sorry. We're on the West Coast. Gotcha. Miami's on the East Coast. But we're, like, directly... So... How far are you from Key West? Oh, dude, like, six hours. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, Key West but, is way down there. Yeah, so, like, you're, we're two hours south of Tampa, and we're, like, an hour north of the Everglades. So, the Everglades cool. is directly... Basically, if you go down Fort Myers, like, 45 minutes, you're in Naples. Yeah. From Naples, you go down to uh Golden Gate which is like never heard 15 it. minutes that no one's heard of it it's just kind of a part of Naples from Golden Gate you take uh it's what it's called Alligator Alley it's cool se- sounds cool directly across and on both sides of you is just the Everglades and like uh it's like creeks kind of but it's oh, alligator yeah. infested
1: dude when you drive to Key West you kind of do something like that
0: yeah so then you basically go across that to Miami And then from Miami, you drive straight down, and then that's when you get... Like, that's when you start going to Key West. Have
1: you talked to Zeb? Zeb's from down there. Yeah. Zeb's from my hometown. I used to always joke on Zeb and say that they would wrestle snakes. Yeah. He hates that joke.
0: Well, he's actually from Cowboy Town. Okay. So, I'm from... His family has, like, airboats and shit. Did your family do that? No, because I'm from, like, the more city part of Fort Myers. Yeah. So, he's, like, in the country. Yeah. He's from, like, the Alva area, which is like 45 minutes north it's in the middle of nowhere in yeah. like north fort myers that's where my hunting lease is okay cool it's like we have a hunting lease we what do you hunt earbuds. alligators and snakes no we can't alligators you have to do a tag You yeah. have to get like the tags and they're really hard to get
1: okay can um, you kill snakes
0: you can kill snakes yeah there's
1: anacondas and shit down there right
0: <laughs> not anacondas <laughs> what is there? Pythons. pythons okay pythons. same thing i don't know yeah. the difference anacondas are like in africa and shit i think
1: yeah they're both big ass snakes yeah pythons are nuts will a python like attack you have you ever like came face to face with a python?
0: Never. We have moccasins. I'm sure a lot of places. Oh have yeah, moccasins.
1: those are terrifying. But we get a lot of those. On Have you been face to face with an alligator? Oh yeah. Like 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 five foot away. Yeah. Did it attack you? No. Is it scared of you? Most of the time. What did you do in that point? Were you just chilling? Is it? I mean, like, are Florida people just like, yeah, fuck it? There's a gator.
0: It's usually just fuck it. There's a gator because I mean, there's been. So many stories where, like, I'm fishing, whether it's my lake or someone else's lake. Um, on a boat? No. Like on, Just on the, the shore? On the shore. And there's a gator There's in a it. gator right there. Oh, hell no. Um, and there's this... I don't know why my parents would let me do it, but my neighbors had jet skis, and there's this place where Zeb's from yeah. called the Franklin Locks. And we used to go out in the jet skis, and we used to go, like, tubing and stuff, and they would let us, like, hold on to the bar, like, the like knee board yeah we, you would just hold on to the bar you wouldn't even be on the knee board and they would just like drag just us feet, around your
1: feet dragging in the water
0: not even, no not even feet like our whole body like we would just be like full body in the water they would just the be gator bones. could just grab you yes at any Dude. point and we're just like <laughs> swimming around and as i got older i was like oh my god these waters are infested <sighs> with gators we would see them yeah and I, I didn't think anything of it my parents it was crazy
1: i we had a a beach house in new orleans that was on the bay it was in bay st louis and we would take our sea dudes out, me and my cousin. And you could uh, – you'd pass gators. Like, you'd see them in the water. Like, you could hit them even, like – and it was always just super terrifying to me. Like, because, you know, when you're tubing, like, if you're in, like, a regular lake in Alabama where there's nothing out there that could hurt you, when you fall off, you get a little scared, you know? Oh, you're yeah. like, oh, get back on the boat, get back on the boat. Yeah. But, like, when you fall off in that water and you know that there's gators in there, like, you just saw one a couple seconds ago, it's like – you know, prime time. Turn the boat around and come get me.
0: But the difference like, is, like, with water like that, you can't see what's below. Yeah, you. dude, it's terrible. Like in the ocean. I, see, I'm not scared of alligators. Like, they don't scare me because I know most of the time they're not just going to come out of the water and attack you. Ugh. I'm a shark attack survivor, though. Are you? I am, I survived a shark attack. I don't believe you. I did. All right, let's hear it. It was in Key West. <laughs> were you drunk? I mean, no, no, no. We were. Uh, we went snorkeling. Uh, no thanks Out in the middle like on some reef We were out like towards Cuba There's our air conditioner again Yeah <laughs> We were out <laughs> towards Cuba And you know we put our dive flags up And we just like started snorkeling around And I was the last one to get in the water I was so afraid And my I was on the boat How old were you? Dude this was like 2020 Okay um, So I'm Like 21 Yeah Cool 20 I think maybe, yeah. but I'm waiting to get in the water and my brother's like waving. He's like looking down, look up. He's like shark. <laughs> I'm like I'm not getting in. My dad's <laughs> like, get in. You're fine. Yeah. And I was the only one being a bitch about it. Even the girls were in the water. Yeah. But I get in. And as soon as I get in, the shark is under the boat, oh, like no. looking directly at me. And I screamed. I was like, fuck. And I just jumped back up on the oh, boat. No. And then everyone was just up on the boat. I didn't actually survive. I didn't like actually. Get so I didn't me. actually attack you. I, I say I'm a shark attack, survivor. you can ask <laughs> my dad, because my dad, <laughs> my dad, jumped on the back of the boat like a seal. Yeah, <laughs> it was the funniest thing ever. I'm just like I'm sprawled out like starfish on the boat. Like oh my god, I almost just died.
1: Yeah, no, I don't. I don't like sharks. Yeah, uh, okay. I don't like water moccasins either. But anyway, um, so what? Uh, how did you move to Nashville? When did you move to Nashville?
0: I moved to Nashville, in july 2022 so we have a similar story you and me and as far as like the getting into the business yeah so do you know carter smith
1: oh that name is so familiar so
0: he's from fort myers same place as Zeb and me um, <gasps> but during I don't know. during covid like i had the entrepreneurial mind of yeah. like there's got to be something that we can do like people are itching for live music i went to a yeah. joe nichols concert in the middle of covid yeah it was like i think it was march 2020 so like COVID was at its just starting yeah um we went and it was packed i was like when COVID's over and people start like getting back to their normal stuff like i'm gonna have something ready to go yeah so me and a buddy of mine we started a music festival country music festival first year we had jacob bryant headline on his head uh barstool preacher tour hayden kaufman co-headline i love hayden and then we had uh we have a guy named alex key who was like super super traditional country popped off on TikTok, and then carter smith because i wanted a local guy every time um so i met carter he didn't have anybody helping him. he didn't really know what was going on at all he could just like sing and write good yeah so i was like let me just manage you you know i want to get in the business he's like i'll let you do like whatever you want like use me use me as a foot in the door so i did and at this point, he was selling real estate on Sanibel Island, which is an island in Fort Myers, um, and was training to be a Navy SEAL. Damn, okay. He had already gone to Coronado and everything in San Diego. Um, and he's, we were pissed drunk at the bar one night, and he was like, I'll give you till August 2022. And if I start seeing some traction by then, I'll, we can move to Nashville. Like, I'll move to Nashville. Yeah. So by July we had been going back and forth. Like we went and we were recording at Saxman studios with Grady. Love um, them. And by July he was like, let's just move. Yeah. So, and I was still in college at Florida Gulf coast. So I, I was flying back and forth. We ended up getting a house in Hendersonville, Sick. um, 650 bucks a person. So it was pretty yeah. Um, got a house there. I was flying back and forth like every month. Dang. And then I finally convinced my professor, my, the Dean of students. I was like, Hey, I'm, like, trying to build my career here. Can I just move online classes? Because they yeah. don't offer online classes for entrepreneurship at Florida Gulf Coast. Okay. So, I – they let me move online for the 2023 spring semester. Sick. So, I uh, moved full-time January 6th, big year, big day, insurrection day. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I moved January 6th of 2023 full-time. Nice. And then yeah. – uh Yeah than that i've been here been there since um, hell yeah and then august i just was doing the artist management thing worked with cody since september 2022 me and carter carter kind of went his separate ways um that was about march of 23 yeah uh so then yeah and then riverhouse hired me in august of 23 so nice i've just been doing a lot of different things yeah dude
1: i just i feel that i've i've done a lot as well i think it's the best way to be well-rounded yeah it helps you in every aspect of this industry. So,
0: but I've always, I've always like, even though this is our first time, like, actually sitting down and having a conversation, I've always been keeping up with your stuff. Damn. Thanks. kind of, There's was some, someone to learn from. Cause you, like I was saying, I listened to the DM Monday podcast for a yeah. long time inside, or it was in the round. Um, Like all the raised I was involved in the raised rowdy community. I've been with Raised Rowdy since August of two thousand twenty two. I was writing articles and stuff. So I knew who you were. So I was always paying attention like what everyone was doing. So yeah, you were a big part of like just me trying to learn, even though you didn't know it or know me.
1: Yeah, well thanks, dude. I you know, I think the biggest thing is just do I like like I said with Clay, I do what I think is best for everyone and, and I do it the best I can.
0: And what, that's all that I think everybody should be doing. So what's your biggest piece of advice to someone trying to get in the music industry that may or may not have any experience? Um, I think
1: being a go-getter is huge. You know, when we first moved to town before COVID, which was right before COVID, I, I told everybody, like, hey, we need to be going to these rounds. We need to be networking. We need to meet as many people as we can. Uh, we need to show who we are and what we do to as many people as possible. Um, so I think that's my biggest piece of advice is getting out there and meeting people. Uh, you know, Finding your group of people uh, is huge in town because everyone needs a champion. Everyone needs somebody that's hyping them up in a room that they're not in. And you know, when people think champions, they think mentors a lot or someone older and it doesn't have to be that. It can be your friend, it can be your peer that, you know, is just hyping you up in the room you're not in. Um, so find your people and be a good person, be a good teammate. Um, don't, you know, don't always just let people talk about you. Talk about them and, like, find out who they are and be be genuine and, like, try to help people. Uh, you never know when helping someone out or hyping them up can turn into them calling you to go on tour with tim mcgraw right you know and like you just never know who that person's going to be and you know so that's opened some of the biggest doors for me is just by being a genuine person um so i think that's my biggest piece of advice uh never stop learning either man i youtube And YouTube, and YouTube. Like, I mean, you can ask my roommates. Like, they'll come in the living room every day I'm YouTubing. Um, For the camera stuff,
0: probably. Everything. Because I was going to say. Marketing.
1: Like, everything. I'm I'm a huge Gary Vee person. So, like, I I watch a lot of Gary Vee. I love the way he thinks, and it it gets my mind running. Um, And I spend a lot of that time, you know, like, if I sit down at home to eat, I'm watching, I'm learning something on YouTube. Yeah, I'm this, I can't. And, like, I don't want to just watch some bullshit. I don't want to intake bullshit Netflix. I love Netflix, and I love my shows and my movies, but I watch them at the end of the day. Yeah. So, like, during the day, um, it's all work. And I, I when I first moved to town, I got a really good piece of advice. Um, working in the music industry, if you're going to say that you work in the music industry full-time, you need to work 40 hours a week because that's what a full-time job is. Is there forty hours a week of stuff worth to do? Most of the time, no. But learn, watch YouTube, listen to podcasts, like do something for that forty hours, so you can say with your head held high that you are full time in this shit. And if you're not full time in this shit, then don't say you are. You know, say that you're part time in this shit. Yeah. Like, and so that kind of stuck with me, and and I took it to heart. So I try to do to learn and do stuff as much as I can. I think that's something I don't see a lot of.
0: I'm big on, like, reading. Yeah. Like, I know my girlfriend, she loves to read, like, like those TikTok books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget the name of the author or whatever. I don't know either, Or, like, the ones that are based, like, the movies come yeah. out. Like, like, the notebook type shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, the good stuff. She loves to read, and she reads a whole bunch of different stuff. But, like, me, I could never get into that. Like, yeah. if I'm reading a book, it's got to be, like, I'm learning something. Or I'm hearing yeah. someone's story. Like, I love, I just started Granger Smith's book. yeah. Um, I've heard good things. Which I is like about read. his faith and yeah. and everything he's gone through, and then it doesn't have to be music business. So like I read the the Donald Passman music business book, and yep. and then Matthew McConaughey's Green Lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, that's book. a good one. Yeah, like just reading about people's life experience, and that's also part of this podcast. Is yeah. is I love this is something that you can listen to if you're working out, if you're you know on the long road, or yeah. going to sleep, or anything. Yeah, this is a Any great of episode. It great podcast listen to if you're going to sleep yeah dude i mean you know not in that kind of way but in that way still but just the but i think it's just important to always be a sponge yeah and there's nothing no matter if you do tour management it doesn't hurt to know about artist management if you do content it doesn't hurt to know about a and r yeah
1: like there's a lot of stuff man that you know when i was with clay i had to learn how to run lights I had to learn how to run sound because there was times where he's like, Hey, we could hire a sound guy. But I was like, how much does that cost? Yeah. And i like, you know, two fifty a show. I'm like, no. Okay. How do you do it? I'll fucking YouTube it for a week and I'll do it. Yep. And I'm not good at it. You know what I mean? I'm not, but I know how to do it. And there's little things like that that come into, in a help. Like even today I was shooting content with Trey at Soundcheck, and I was like, Hey, walk out to me. And he was singing on the mic and it dawned on me. He can't walk to me. Because we'll get feedback from the stereo, Mm -hmm. you know, the speakers, if he walks in front of the speakers. And so just little things like that, like knowing things that might not even help you. It's just good to know to be well-rounded. Because with Trey, it's easy. But what if you're out there with some A-list celebrity and, and, you know, it's just an opportunity for you not to look like a dumbass. Um, Or an opportunity for you to look like you know what you're doing. Um, Or if, you know... Something goes wrong and everybody's panicking. It's nice to have an idea of what's going on. So being well-rounded is great. Absolutely. Just to I'm be a, a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, I'm a huge, huge believer in that. Be able, able to know. be
0: useful for everything no matter what it is.
1: Yeah, even if it's helping just fucking wrap cables or something. Absolutely. Just knowing how to do it's great.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, I, I mean, that's just – that's why no matter what you do, you'll be successful in this industry. Hope so. You know, if someone were to pick you up, like for me, I, had, I didn't know anything about A&R – But it was like what I had done was like they thought I'd be a good fit. And for you, I mean, you're killing it right now. But at some point, some huge label or artist could be like, we want you full time. It's like on the road with like Trey. Yeah. Trey eventually was just They've tried. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. They've tried for sure. So So it's just
0: like being, finding what you love and just diving straight into it. Yeah, Like diving in.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's a big thing is like. Not having a plan B, yep. going all in on on your plan A, and and not looking back, dude. Just fucking balls to the wall, yep. like you know, knowing it's what what you want to do to the point where you're going to do whatever it takes.
0: A lot of people say, for me, it's even been tough because a lot of people that I had surrounded myself with previously, yeah, they don't know about the music business. They weren't involved in it or in music at all. So like, it became to them, it became my personality. Yeah but that's just the music business like everybody in it is so passionate about it that it is their personality like we do it 24 7 yeah like even when we're not clocked in at work we're just always on social media finding new things where it's it's there are no set hours even though there are for most jobs there's like yeah you're on the clock 24 7.
1: you know another good thing about what you're saying is like always being in music is finding that person that you can talk to freely about music you know um we're gonna bring up bailey again bailey is like the person i can call and vent to and she knows me she knows my heart and she keeps me humble like sometimes i'll you know i'll bitch like you know this person did this or this label did this and and she'll be like hey i hear you but you were wrong and i'm like oh fuck okay Or, you know, she's like, yeah, you're right, I agree. So, like, find that person that can keep you, like, grounded. But also you can vent, to that understands what you're talking about. Um, So that's really important, too. Um, Especially my roommates and Trey. You know, I get to vent to Trey a lot, and, and we have, you know, similar opinions. So that's cool, too. But find those people that you can talk about that shit to. It's very important.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Of course, dude. Thank we you have, for having we me. We have a long night ahead of us.
1: We do. We're about to get on the Red Bull Vacas.
0: Oh, yeah. Really?
1: Red Bull Vacas, baby.
0: I'm probably, I am I got to eat, dude. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just ate. I woke up at 4 o'clock this morning, flew out. The, oh, it was terrible flight.
1: Josiah just got us McDonald's. So if you've listened this far in the podcast, um, I want you to let me know if McDonald's or Chick-fil-A is better. Yeah. It's a big running argument in our crew. I'll i'm a chick-fil-a a,
0: guy when this episode airs this episode will release january 30th so cool. next tuesday Hell yeah. I'm, i'll put something on my story yeah votes we McDonald's need to know or chick-fil-a chick-fil-a is the go mitch dude. wallace wants to know mcdonald's or chick-fil-a you can find me at chick-fil-a like any day of the week really both jack up my stomach dude, equally. no chick-fil-a doesn't chick-fil-a jacks me up. if chick-fil-a late. does
1: something wrong to you then you need to take that up with the lord because that's <laughs> when you and him that is not Chick Fil A's fault. <laughs> like you got, you know what I mean. You it's need to repent or something, dude. Chicken.
0: No, dude. No. no we, we you might have a Chick-fil-A. demon in
1: you, bro. Like I don't know.
0: We don't endorse Chick Fil A on this podcast.
1: <laughs> we do on this side of the mind, though. <laughs> it's the Lord's chicken.
0: But uh, you want to plug your socials real quick?
1: Uh, yeah, I think it's just Mitch underscore Wallace. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, I don't do. Uh, I don't market TDMA. It doesn't have its own page. Um, I've always tried to stick to like word of mouth marketing there. So Well, here's your Not word of mouth remote. marketing. Yeah.
0: If you need some socials, hit me up. Um cool. Well, uh if you guys want to buy tickets, I think the tour west coast tour is wrapping up. Yeah, it's wrapping up this weekend. Yeah. So uh in the future, go But you can pre order Troublemaker's yep, album March
1: first. Yep. You can pre order it right
0: now. Um go stream what's out and then uh Buy some tickets to some shows in the future because I'm sure there will be a lot come spring. Yep, we'll always be going. Um, so, cool. Well, thank you all for listening to another episode of Behind the Music Biz, a Raise Rowdy podcast. Thanks again to our guest, Mitch Wallace. Yo. Be sure to rate and follow the podcast. Check out more from Raise Rowdy at raiserowdy.com and on social media at raise Rowdy. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Behind the Music Biz. And you can find me on social media at Peyton Heben. That's P-E-Y-T-O-N-H-E-B-E-N. And we'll see you all next Tuesday for episode 10.